You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play that's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome in on this Friday edition, and uh, got a lot going on today. And uh, talking about Alabama, Ole Miss coming up uh, tomorrow and, uh, as well, and another other SEC big matchups, not only across the SEC but across the country, and the implications of that. And as we look into some of those in the top four and all the things we've done throughout the week, uh, man, this week has absolutely flown by. We're presented by Top Golf for Birmingham. Get out the Top Golf today; you'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation, and uh, with his family, friends. Co-workers, you'll absolutely love Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. And uh, we got Lars Anderson and uh, myself on remote today. We got uh, Matt Coulter back in the studio. And uh, always, man, today is, feels a little bit more and looks a little bit more like uh, fall or winter is coming. So, guys, I hope you're doing well today. Yeah, doing good, I'm Jay. You know, yesterday uh, on a on the plane, I was do, doing a lot of thinking about this Alabama team and what what has been off about this team and why has this team seemed more vulnerable last uh, this year than in most years. Um, and you kind of just go down the list of things we've been talking about all year: the wide receivers' inability to separate. 
the fact that there's no sort of uh, bulldozing, uh, you know, big running back like a Najee Harris or a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs. And I mean, I know uh, Gibbs is, is, is really good, but he can't do it alone. And I, but I think Gibbs is going to be a heck of an NFL player. And you look at the offensive line. I mean, LSU playing with a, a freshman at each tackle really pushed around Alabama in the second half of that game, getting uh, 148 yards on the ground. And, and then you had Jaden Daniels outplaying Bryce Young. And so this has spawned talk all around the country that is or the question, like, is the dynasty over? And, you know, I, I actually think it's it's somewhat of a legitimate question given that Nick Saban is the second oldest coach in college football. And this is, you know, uh, or Alabama's on track uh, really to have their most disappointing season since 2008, 2009, um, given the fact that, you know, we're not even at Thanksgiving and this is the first time that Alabama has been eliminated uh, from playoff contention. So there's a lot going on and, and I just don't, Matt, I'll put this question to you. What what can you put your finger on? What is wrong with this team? And I know, look, they, they've they've lost two games by a total of four points. I, I get that, but but they, they they just haven't had that same sort of that Alabama factor, right? That Nick Saban's talked about in the past, right? They don't know the difference between go get them and sick them. And they don't have dogs. They don't have leaders that get in your face and make sure you, if you blew an assignment, you better not blow the next one. We're Alabama. They don't have that thump on my crimson chest when they go to Baton Rouge or Texas. It's just not there. There's anxiety. And goodness knows we've heard that word enough. And I'll be very honest, I'm rarely, if ever, critical of Saban. He's brought the word up way too much. You know what happens when you tell somebody they're anxious? You make them more anxious. And I think that is a rare, rare mistake. It's just that that was a mistake. But I admire Nick Saban, and, boy, he came out um, on, uh, I guess it was an interview with Mark Slaybaugh. Um, He finally, as, as I'm scrolling here to make sure I get to the paragraph, um, uh, I'm not blaming anybody else in the organization. It's my responsibility. I know what plays they call. I'm involved in how they prepare in the week. I watch practice film with them, but I think people look for somebody to hate when things don't go right. That is in reference to Pete Golding and to Bill O'Brien. But later he says, I put it on me. So we've got to find a better way to emphasize it. I watch practice where we do turnover drills. I'm talking about good guys against good guys to emphasize that. And when you emphasize that, people have to respond to it. So in this uh, interview with Slaybaugh, he really went kind of deep. He went yard on himself. But I'll, I'll get back to what my initial thoughts were. Anxious makes you anxious. And Alabama doesn't have dogs. There you go. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree with you, Matt. Um, and, and I made that statement. Yesterday or the day before, I think it was yesterday, and um, talking about the fact, Lars, that I said, you know, why talk about anxiety? I wish you quit talking about anxiety and just get in their ass. In other words, do what Nick Saban used to do. Yeah, and, you did say and that. Get, and, yeah, and get on them. And, you know, I, to me as a player, I mean, the, the best thing that helped me with anxiety or being nervous when I was playing was the coach getting on to me and, and, and really making me focus more on him and more on, you know, doing bed, better for him or, or playing at a higher level and, 
knowing that he was watching and caring. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think that's what made Nick Saban so good is that he was very emotional. And, I, you know, I really haven't seen that a lot this year from him. And and I don't know if that's age or, or what. Um, you know, I, I don't think – I think the dynasty has been done. You know, I think the dynasty was back, um, you know, earlier uh, in the middle of Saban's career. I think that's when it was kind of like, man, this team is – just unbelievable what they do. And the 2020 season was just an anomaly. I mean, it was unbelievable, um, you know, what that team looked like. You know, what's what's amazing is that this team this year, on the metric side of things, um, they look as – I think they're right behind the 2020 offense, believe it or not. Uh, I was talking uh, with someone that's close to those stats, and uh, we were talking about it and, and just kind of going over some of the different things that's, that's happened this year. And, again, the two losses by four points, you know, three and one. Uh, four games came down to last minute, uh, last play, and Alabama got two of those, lost two of those. So it just feels different. I think the biggest thing you hear everybody talk about is just how this team does not feel in sync. Uh, then it, there's just something missing, and I think the fans have seen it from the beginning. Um, you know, we didn't see this much in the summer. We we came out of summer thinking this was going to be one of the best teams that Nick Saban has had, especially on the defense side of the football. But players just have not reacted um, the way that we thought. They would. And Matt, as you talked about, it's the, the dogs. Where are they? Where are the guys that are going to step up and really lead this team? We thought we had a number of those guys, and they've kind of shot away from that. I mean, we just haven't heard, you know, the conversation of a Bryce Young getting up like Tim Tebow did and said, this is on me. We're not doing this again. We'll never play this way again. And what happened to them? They're going to win and had an unbelievable year after that speech that he gave after the game. And I just don't see that type of leadership on this team right now. No, you, you don't. Yeah, and, and – um, yeah. You know, it's it's like we have passed the height of the Roman Empire that is Alabama football under Nick Saban. I guess the question is, Matt, are we in the last days of the empire, right, over college football? You mean like Like, uh, literally, uh, through the Auburn game? (laughs) Or is it a little bit more general than that? I don't think so. I I don't think so. I um I believe Alabama will be back and they'll be ranked in the top five next year. Um, they will have a lot of questions to answer. Who's your running back? When are we going to shake up these wide receivers? Who's going to replace Bryce? Uh, who's going to replace Will? Nobody replaces those two guys. Alabama, uh, and using Saban's word from last year, will be rebuilding next year. But you know what? That's the kind of challenge Nick Saban likes. I think next year will be one of his favorite years to coach because he's going to really have to coach, and he's going to really have to teach. And I also think getting back to this year, he's extremely frustrated. I think he's trying to hide a lot of it because he, quite honestly, like Jay, like Matt, like Lars, can't figure it out. That's why he keeps falling on the word anxious. Um, he's anxious. They're anxious. Fans are anxious. But in answer to your question, I think Saban's got another championship in him. Do y'all? Yes or no? I do. I do. Yes. I, it, I, it depends on if he gets another special player at quarterback. You know, it, it remains to be seen if that game-changing type of player ex- exists on the roster right now. I mean, and, and, and Jay, you're – in a much better position to answer that question, you know, if, if you know, if, without Bryce Young, this Alabama team, I think, really, really would be struggling. Um, and I, I'm still trying to understand why Alabama is a, like about a 12 point favorite tomorrow on the road against a very good Ole Miss team. Uh, but 
I mean, yeah. Who do you think is going to be that leader next year, Jay? And and who do you think will be uh, the starting quarterback? Honestly, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, right now, um, you know, you look at just the guys who are, you know, we, which we know behind um, Bryce and, and there's, you know, you got guys coming in and guys that can, you know, really maybe make an impact early on, but you don't have that, that guy right now. I mean, Ty Simpson is going to be a phenomenal player, but um, you know, I, I think for him, it's just about experience and getting as much as he can. Jalen Milrow has been a guy that has been, you know, not very consistent. You know, when he played during the games, as far as his throwing can be a great runner. Uh, but I mean, there's not another Bryce Young, which there wasn't a Bryce Young until Bryce Young got there. I mean, Bryce is, you know, maybe one of the best, if not the best quarterback that's come through there in a long, long time. And that's saying a lot compared to all the guys that have been through there. Um, you know, and, and I think for Alabama right now, and I think for Nick Saban, too, I, I think Kirby and we talked about this, Lars, I think about four or five years ago, saying everybody's going to the spread offense. There'll be some coaches that say, OK, we're going to do it to some degree. But we're going to stay hard-nosed. We're going to win the trenches. We're going to have a big running back, a guy that can carry the ball and can get stronger as the game goes on. I mean, that's what helped him last year with B-Rob. And I think B-Rob last year, Brian Robinson, uh, in some of those games where you know he really took over. And when they needed a run game, he was able to provide it. And yet still he wasn't quite the backs that we've had in the past. So I think that's where you got to start is, you know, again, up front, you got to win the trenches. But I think in Alabama, people expect you to dominate and to dominate the, the 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 run game and be able to stop the run and have that guy that can do that at the linebacker positions. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there is a lot different look complexity to this team than what we've seen in the past. But I think Nick Saban definitely can get this thing turned in the right direction. Here's the thing. LSU loses to Arkansas and LSU loses to Texas A&M. Alabama's back in this thing. So, I mean, all is not lost yet. I've still got hope. <laughs> the hope is very uh, – is, is getting smaller each and every day and each and every weekend when Alabama doesn't play well. I, I think this week is important for them just to go out and take care of business. A 2.30 start on CBS against Ole Miss, who's number 11 now in the country. Go get it done and, and prove that you can play to yourself, not to us, not to the fans, but to yourself, that you can play on the road and, and, and play a, a really sound football game and win against a really good team at Ole Miss. And I think if they do that, then maybe they're heading in the right direction with Austin P and Auburn coming up uh, down the road over the next two games and just see what happens. I mean, it, it, you'd hate that if LSU lost to both of those teams and you didn't do your job, take care of business. Uh, just try to finish strong. And that, and that's going to be tough for a lot of these guys who are used to playing in the playoffs or going to play for a national championship. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, continue here. Hour number one on the Friday edition. Jay Barker still live from AVX. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ah, holiday season in Tuscaloosa. The cool nip in the air, spending Saturdays cheering on the tide, anticipation of Thanksgiving with the family, and Christmas shopping. Here's a brilliant idea. The low tonight, 48. A very cool day tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The chance of some scattered light rain during the morning, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
punching and presented by Top Golf of Birmingham, driven by Sonny King Ford, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, I'm Jay Barker, and uh, I think we're going to have Andrew Bone join us here in just a little bit as well to talk uh, recruiting, Bama Insider, and On3 Media. So try to come on with us today and give us an update of what's happening for the Crimson Tide as they get ready uh, to uh, go over to Ole Miss and uh, face the number 11 team in the country. Again, that's 230 on CBS and uh, talking about that game and that matchup, Lars, I brought up earlier in the week. Um, and I, I can't remember if you were on with us uh, when we were talking about this, but just what a win this would be for Lane Kiffin. I mean, you talk about a, a guy that's right now, um, you know, poised to maybe get the Auburn job. I mean, can you imagine coming away with a win this weekend and then headed to Auburn uh, to uh, be the head coach of the Auburn Tigers and what kind of momentum that would give him as a head coach heading into uh, right across the state from Nick Saban? Yeah. And, you know, Lane is uh, he's on top of his social media game. I'm sure you guys know this. He, he's he's the, he's the uh, Twitter troll that never stops trolling. Uh, this <laughs> week he, he, he tweeted a picture of, uh, of Saban's book on or sorry, of a Saban book uh, on leadership that our, our buddy John Talty wrote. Um, and the, the, the book is uh, sitting atop Old Miss's defensive call sheet. Uh, so, um, th- and this, this was a reference to Saban who he kind of, he suggested that in 2020 old Miss's defense knew what was c- coming from the Alabama offense. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Lane, uh, like I said, he's on top of his Twitter game, but, um, you know, he's Owen three against Saban. And, you know, Saban, I think he had won, what, 24 in a row against assistants. And now he is, uh, I think, lost, uh, what, two of his last four. Uh, I think that's right. But, um, yeah, this would be a huge one for uh, for Lane. And, and, and you remember that um, that that Lane, uh, he's still he still refers to Saban as as, you know, the goat. Uh, and, um, he's calling that instead of rat poison that, that people are saying that the dynasty's dead lane is calling it goat fuel <laughs> because whenever people say the dynasty is dead, that seems to be when Alabama plays their best. And, uh, I suspect Alabama is going to play very well on Saturday. I, I, I really do. Uh, Matt, y- your thoughts. My thinking right now is how much space is Kiffin renting inside Saban's head, if at all? And by virtue of his text and his talking, uh, Saban's got some space in Kiffin's head, but Kiffin seems to be handling it with laughter. I just wonder, Jay, um, is is the needling from Kiffin to Saban, uh, does it bother Nick? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it does. I mean, um, I, I think it's he understands that's Lane Kiffin. He understands that he's going to make uh, comments like that, and uh, that he's always been that way. So I don't, I don't think I don't think Coach Saban pays much attention to any of that stuff. Um, but I will say this: I, you know, we after last year and then what happened in the off season between Jumbo Fisher and Nick Saban. I mean, that was so built up uh, during the off season as well. You know, we talked about you know, is there a book being written about it? There's going to be a movie about it. And then both of those guys have really struggled this year. I mean, look at A&M. I mean, five straight losses. You look at Alabama with the losses they've had this year and the, and the games they've played and how they've looked. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. That, that to me was kind of interesting to kind of look back at that and go, something that we thought was going to be a determining factor, you know, that game was going to be the one that, you know, Jimbo's going to get back or, you know, or saving revenge on Jimbo and just the back and forth between the guys. And neither team has lived up to expectations. 
No, you're right. And um, there may be a, a book editor in New York who is uh, really <laughs> lamenting his his fate and exactly. lamenting his decision to uh, dole out a huge advance for that book. I, I have a feeling that the subject matter may shift uh, quite dramatically and, and they'll just move in a different direction. Um, but yeah, I, I think Lane, um, you know, he, he's certainly entertaining. And uh, I think if he were, were to get the Auburn job, and that's still kind of what we're hearing, is that he is the, the leader in the clubhouse to at least get offered the job. Boy, it really would just add more spice to the Iron Bowl and uh, to the, 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 the rivalry. But um, like I said, I, I think Alabama is going to come out and respond really well. Um, as long as Bryce Young is is healthy, as long as Bryce Young plays like Bryce Young, uh, you know, not the Bryce Young against LSU, who seemed to like he, he missed some fairly easy throws or throws that he normally hits, and he just seemed a little out of sync. And then, yeah, he made some spectacular plays, but he also, you know, struggled a little bit. So I I, I do think uh, Alabama is going to come out strong. I just uh, given the history of of what generally happens when you there is this off the field talk because Matt, you certainly know that the players are hearing it. Oh yeah! By the way, I was just checking. It's the most expensive ticket in all of college football uh, to try and get a game at the Grove tomorrow. But the one thing that uh, I don't I don't know we've talked about it, but you know. Bryce was injured. He had that shoulder injury, and, and they treated that very carefully. Um, and it just seemed like when he played against Tech Tennessee, God, he was on his game. He was magnificent. But it seems like the injury part of it showed up after. Jay, you understand what I'm saying here? He didn't look injured at all against Tennessee. But, man, I'm telling you, against LSU, it looked like he had a weak wing. Yeah, and I don't know if you know that's just from um, the lack of practice that kind of caught up to him a little bit, uh, and, and maybe when you come off of a an injury sometimes, um, and you play a game that you haven't practiced, the adrenaline and stuff, you, you maybe tend to play sometimes better. It's kind of like when Jordan played with the flu, you know, scored all those points, and it's almost like you you almost go out there and play loose because you have an excuse um, that you know, hey, you've been hurt, you've been down, but you're out here giving your best that you got. I, I think this last game. He was just off on his timing, his rhythm. His he just didn't look. He looked out of sync in his drops, as far as just the rhythm of his feet, keeping his, it really quiet down low, making the throws. Everything was kind of diving on him a little bit, coming up short. Some of the balls he threw short, on intentionally uh, just to get rid of the ball. And you could tell also he didn't want to get hit. So he was, you know, instead of holding on to it as longer and trying to run around and do certain things, he was getting rid of the ball. But um, you know, I, I don't. Again, I don't put anything on the offense in this, this last game. I really don't against LSU. Uh, when you're up by five points uh, at the end of the game and you got a chance to uh, hold LSU defense, got to step up. I mean, they really do. They, they've got to step up and they just haven't done that this year. There's not been a lot of turnovers. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of, um, you know, those moments that you normally see from the Alabama defense where there's a stop or a big play happens and it really can build momentum off of that or really to cut down some momentum from the other side, especially on the road. That's where your defense has to play so good not to let their offense get in rhythm and do the things they want to do to score. And we just have not had that style of defense this year. And I'm really surprised by that. I really thought if Christian Harris would have come back, this may have been Saban's best defense that he's ever had. Now, you know, and I thought even without him, it's going to be one of the best that he's ever had. And, and they just have not lived up to that. People have done a really good job 
scheming up for Alabama throughout the year in order to take away some of the big weapons they've got on that side of the ball. And one being uh, Will Anderson Jr. just has not, even though, again, you look at his stats, his stats look great. It just hasn't, there's just something missing. And we've said that since probably what, second game of the year? Yeah, you're right. And I think Alabama, the, the defense on the defensive side, they don't have elite players on the interior defensive line. And they don't have that one elite corner uh, that they've seemingly had every single year since Saban arrived. Um, you know, we, we thought that we were going to get that uh, with, with, with we thought the corner position was actually going to be a, a strength. Right. Uh, but it, it, it's turned into a bit of a, of a weakness. And um, yeah. And, and, and when it comes to Bryce Young, Matt, I, I, my sense is that he two things were happening and Jay, I think hit on both of them. One, I, I sense that he aggravated the injury and he just wasn't able to put the ball where he wanted to. And two, he has taken so many big shots. I mean, Matt, you and I watched the Tennessee game together and Bryce Young just got annihilated a few times. And, 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 and the flags, of course, didn't come out. The, 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 the refs really kind of messed with Alabama in that game, and Bryce Young in particular. I don't know why Bryce didn't get some of those calls, of, of those personal foul calls. But I think, I think he's just got – he's beat up. He's a beat-up player. And, you know, if Alabama were to lose another game and the Alabama only goes to a mid-level bowl – does that mean, you know, a bunch of the guys who are going to go to the NFL, do they sit out? And, uh, you know, I know Alabama fans don't want to go down that path or that mm. line of logic. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's my sort of take on, on what's going on with Bryce Young. Yeah, and, and I guess Wow, you are really it. looking down the road on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, I, and I get the fact, think, you know, anyway. Yeah, I get, I get the fact that, that both these guys are probably going to be Top draft picks, you know, I mean, there, you know, some have projected him one and two with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Um, and, and I get the pressure that comes with that. I understand now the pressure of social media, things that are being said, and, and especially with NIL, you know, that there is this thing that, you know, hey, there's two guys making, you know, a million and one making three and a half, four million dollars in NIL money. Uh, it's, it, it's, it has to be a distraction, right? I mean, I can't imagine that it's not. I mean, you're a normal human being. Uh, no kids have, or no college age kids have had to go through something like that before. They're the first ones experiencing the coaches are experiencing it with them and trying to figure out the balance of how all that works. Um, but again, I, I just I, I really think that a couple of things. One is that I I, I think they're and I agree with you, Matt. I, I think Matt said or Lars, you keep saying the word anxious, then it becomes self-fulfilling. Right. I think I very I, I agree with that. I think it manifests itself. Um, in the locker room, in the team. I think they began thinking about it because the coach is talking about it. I think that that was, in my opinion, a mistake to bring that out in the public. I think you deal with that inside the locker room. Uh, you talk about it with your team. You address it maybe player to player based on what you're seeing out of them. The other thing is that I really think they try to do too much at times. And I know this sounds funny because a lot of people say, well, be more creative and do certain things. I think they have a ton of plays. And I think sometimes Coach Stallings just always talk about this and other coaches I've been around that were great coaches that said, you know, keep it simple, stupid. In other words, do certain things out of a ton of different formations and looks and all that. And they do that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Bill O'Brien's phenomenal. I, I think sometimes they're trying to be too perfect and call the perfect play instead of just saying, hey, we're Alabama. We'll tell you what we're going to run. and We're going to go right down your throat with it. We're going to throw it. We're going to uh, run it. Uh, defensively, the same thing. I think guys are lost on the field at times. I think they're making mistakes 
jumping off sides because they're thinking too much. Just give them some simple stuff. Play base. Ears back. Go get football. That's what they need. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. And Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Anderson, and as we uh, continue, I'm Jay Barker. We got Andrew Bone coming up at 115 today. We'll talk recruiting with him, get the latest as far as the Alabama guys and uh, kind of where they're at. I mean, they'll probably sign around anywhere from 29 to about 30 or 31 guys in the signing class for 2023. So they'll get the early signing dates. They're coming up very soon, and uh, hard to believe that uh, how fast the season has flown by. But um, the you know, I think it's uh, pretty cool that. You know, Coach Saban did come out, and you brought about the article um, with Slayball as far as him saying, put it on me, or I put it on me. Uh, and that's him taking the responsibility of where this team is right now. I think you're going to see, because I think, and not so much defensively, I think with Pete Golding, uh, maybe some defensive coaches, but I think you're going to see some changes. We've seen that before. Um, who do you guys think that uh, probably most likely will not be back for next year on that coaching staff, and, and or, or do you even, even have any thoughts on it? Well, certainly Bill O'Brien has taken a lot of heat uh, from fans, um, but I, I don't put this on O'Brien at all. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's rare to have the consistency at the coordinator position at Alabama on both sides of the ball that that uh, they've had with Goldie and O'Brien. My guess is that O'Brien will be gone, and that then uh, he'll he'll leave for. Uh, another job, uh, I, perhaps a head coaching job. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't He's know. He's got a lot of, lot of looks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I, my guess is that Pete Golding stays. Uh, I think Nick Saban has a very good relationship with Golding from what I hear. And that um, yeah. and I and I do think Golding is a future uh, head coach. You know, I think he he needs a little bit more seasoning. But um, my my guess is that we'll, there will be a change at the offensive coordinator position. Matt, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think he's going to take a head coaching job. But I I, I think that plane has kind of leveled off since uh, he's suffered some criticism. Although you know, in the games he lost, they Alabama put up points, didn't they? I mean, mistaken forty nine at Tennessee, yeah. uh, and he still got heat there. But uh, I think Lars nailed it. Uh, and I don't know the details of it. I, I just kind of feel it. But I think Nick and Pete Golding have a really good relationship. And let me tell you something. If you're a defensive coach under Nick Saban, you'd better because you're not going to be there very long. And how many years has Golding been there now? Uh, he, didn't he step in when Kirby left? I think that's right. So he's been there a while, and he's proven himself, and he's won championships. And I'm throwing this out there simply because he's at that position. I don't know the guy. And I guess I'm throwing shade on him when I probably shouldn't. But I wonder about 
uh, Holman Wiggins, okay? He is the assistant head coach, but he's also the guy in charge of the wide receivers. And it's just my observation, albeit very limited, Alabama's wide receivers don't do some of the things that five stars should be able to coach, be coached to. Do you guys understand what I mean? You should be able to get separation, even on A-team defenses like you've seen, particularly with LSU. They've always got great secondary. But it just seems to me, maybe it's in the pattern. Maybe it's in what I just said, the lack of separation. Or, or maybe you know they're not allowing Bryce Young to throw them open. Uh, I am I wrong, guys? I mean, it, it does it. These guys are great wide receivers coming out of high school. They've proven themselves in flashes, uh, even this year. But could that be coaching, Jay? Um, I mean, it could be, but I don't. I don't think it is. I mean, the reason why I don't is because I think it's that. There's not the guy like we had with Jamison Williams or with Smitty, and he coached both of those guys. Uh, they had what was called speed. They had the ability to take the top off the coverage, you know. So I, I think that's yep. when I look back on who he's coached. I mean, he's he's got now, I think, what, three or four first-round draft picks uh, in the NFL at the wide receiver position. Um, he's got guys that are there right now that just I – don't, I don't, it's just been a weird season, um, and, and I don't know why the – whether the timing or guys getting open. I, look, the offense that they run has been the offense they've had forever. I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, Coach Saban says, you're running this offense. This is our offense. This is our defense. Here, here's the terminology. Bill, learn it. Um, you know, add into it your, your kind of fingerprint or DNA of things that you want to do that you feel like can come off of the things that we're already doing in, in the same terminology and the way that we've done things forever. So I think that's where, you know, even, even when, when um, Kiffin came in, I mean, it was still Coach Saban saying, okay, well, you know, he, it went through him. Everything was on what he wanted to do that he felt like that fit his defensive philosophy, that, that fit, you know, kind of what he wanted uh, to accomplish. And he's had tremendous success doing that. This year has just been a weird year. I mean, it really has. Um, and, you know, you, you talk to certain people and you hear certain things, and it just seems like there's a lack of chemistry uh, on this team for some reason. I thought they would have tremendous chemistry this year. I mean, it's kind of like everything we thought was going to happen hasn't happened, Lars. And, and that, you know, this team has not had the identity or the chemistry or there, it's just there's, there's an ingredient missing. And you don't know it unless you're in the locker room or you're, you know, in, inside the game, knowing and seeing and watching how players react to things. What guys are stepping up and being leaders. I mean, that's what makes a great team. It's not I mean, talent's important, but you got to have that chemistry. You got to have. Uh, those guys that step in and, you know, as Matt brought up dogs, guys that want to go fight, that want to, you know, just go out there and knock somebody's head off and kind of make a statement. And, and that just has not been the case so far this year. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Matt, Pete Golding uh, was promoted to defensive coordinator in February 2019. And so he was uh, the, the D.C. for that uh, Alabama National Championship in 2020. Um, yeah. So uh, but. You're right. The, the the secret sauce has dried up, whatever it is. And is it possible that Alabama miscalculated some of the guys that they recruited? I mean, you, you know, there there's always that that correlation between where you finish in recruiting rankings, right? And then where you finish nationally two or three years later. And Alabama's been right there, one, two, three. And um so, and, and for whatever reason, either the, the talent could have been uh, perhaps not as not as what it was uh, billed to be, 
or that it just hasn't developed like it normally does. And I'm specifically talking about the about the the wide receivers, the corners, and interior defensive linemen, and uh, and and uh, and also some of the offensive linemen. I mean, you know, the the we we were all just sort of um, uh, uh, you know couldn't couldn't say enough positive things about the Brockemeyer twins and how they were going to be, you know, anchors of the offensive line for years to come. And they can't, uh, they can't get on the field. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. And yeah. uh, I mean, that may be a good question for Andrew bone, uh, you know, who he, he really got to know uh, their, uh, got to know them and their style of play. And when they were in, in college or in high school, excuse me, and the fact that their dad was a legacy at Texas and Texas was on the upswing and, and Saban was able to go in there and, and get both of those guys, we thought was a major recruiting coup. And, and Matt, it just uh, it, it hasn't happened. So I, I think it's just a combination of a lot of factors. It's kind of hard to believe that <clears throat> of those recruiting class, all the ones that are there now uh, – are, are none of them living up to it? I mean, obviously we know that Will and several others, Bryce are, but you know, and, and that may be the case. And I'll walk back a little bit on the wide receivers because <clears throat> you look at the success of last year and the year before, uh, but sometimes the guys just don't get coached up. You know, sometimes you can get on them. You can, you can be nice to them. You can stroke them. You can do everything possibly imaginable as a coach and you just don't get through to them. Um, you know, sometimes guys, maybe it's not on the coaches. You know, maybe the guys just aren't getting it. So even Saban has admitted here recently that the culture of the player has changed over just the last few years. And I still drop back to what we were talking about earlier in the week. Uh, I think NIL has something to do with that. Yeah, um, I think it does. And, and, I, and I think, too, um, sorry, Lars, I'm going to cut you off. I, I think, too, the 2020 year, I think that, you know, those guys, a lot of them, they're there now. Some of those guys missed their entire senior year of, of playing, um, you know, and I know that's been a couple of years removed, but I, I still think going through all that, the lockdowns, the not being able to be normal um, and, and normal college life. And, and just because I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there right now that are young people and, and even older people that are having trouble kind of adjusting back into normalcy um, and, and getting back into the day to day stuff. And they've been so used to being, um, you know, not around people or being here or being there and, and, and not being able to do those things as, as you would normally get in a college uh, atmosphere your first year. So um, I, I think, you know, may, maybe that plays a little bit into this, but th there's talent on the field. I mean, it, it, from the receiver standpoint, I mean, I really thought Burton was going to be a bigger playmaker, Lars. I thought that um, you were, I thought Ja'Cory Brooks was going to come back, you know, I, I, and really have a great year this year as well. And he's had some moments and, and Burton's had some moments, uh, but Burton has not been the transfer that we thought was going to be like a Jameson. Uh, Williams, uh, he just doesn't have that type of speed. He's more of a possessive, a possession type receiver. But again, you know the leadership that Mechie brought, Dante. Uh, think back to all those guys that, that, that uh, Holman Wiggins was coaching at that time. They've been playing together for what three or four years. Um, you know, and, and, and Jameis came in and was able to come in and be that that speed guy that could get down the field, take the top off the coverage. And the reason he could adjust so quickly was because so many guys around them, Slay Bolden, Mechie, and all those guys had played for Coach Saban and been in in the system. So they were able to kind of coach him up and get him prepared and ready for the games and show him how to practice and do the things that need to be done uh, during the meetings and, and really looking at certain things and uh, really making the right adjustments, uh, not only in practice, but during the game. So I think that that all 
probably plays a lot into it. We got to get the break real quick, and then we'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. On the other side, I want to get your guys' thoughts on, uh, and really Matt's as well, because Matt is, is closer with me uh, with UAB. But uh, who's going to be the next head coach for the UAB Blazers? Uh, that's that's going to be a big uh, coaching um, get for them as far as who they end up with uh, at, at the uh, head coaching position. I hate it uh, for their coach there now because I think he's been put in a pretty tough uh, situation. But um, we'll, we'll talk more about it on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey there, folks. Head Fry Cook, Bob Baumhauer here, and I just want to say thank you for allowing Baumhauer's Victory Grill to serve you for 40 legendary years. When I first delivered Alabama... The low tonight, 48. A very cool day tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The chance of some scattered light rain during the morning, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Again, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I uh, wanted to also mention today, happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there honoring military yeah. veterans, the United States Armed Forces, and uh, all that you have done or do. Thank you for your service, and I uh, want to say happy Veterans Day to uh, everybody uh, out there. I was asking you earlier, guys, about um, – and Matt, I'll just go to you because we only got short on time. Who, who are you hearing uh, as far as UAB coaches? I'm not. I'm not. Are y'all? Uh, because I'm really not hearing anything. I think earlier in the season, I, I gave a big lean to just keeping Brian Vincent on, but in conversations I've heard and actually he'd been on the show and Mark Ingram, they said, they're not going to do that until the first of December. Well, you know what? That's right around the corner. Um, so, so we'll see, but I think UAB has elevated their program, particularly visibly across the nation now with their bowl appearances and what Bill Clark did where I really think that they can go after a guy that maybe has had head coaching uh, experience uh, at, at this level, and they don't have to go after an OC or a DC or somebody like that, uh, which has happened in the past. So we will soon see. But, Jay, and answer your question, or I mean, I, I don't have a name on the tip of my tongue. Can I, can I just chime in really quick? I, I do know that sure. Mark Ingram, who all, all three of us have immense respect for, he's been he's – been, out sort of searching all year long. So he's had an extended amount of time. And yes, sort of one eye has been on Brian Vincent, right? And But the other eye has been looking sort of all around the country and it's given time for him to reach out to people that he is interested in. But it's also given time for other coaches to reach out to him or their agents or representatives to express their interest. And I think they're going to come away with a, a a really good coach out of this because, you know, Ingram, he's he's a football guy. We know that he played at Tennessee and he's there to practice every day. He understands that the head coach is the most important person. I mean, at Alabama, you could say the most important person at the entire university. But UAB, certainly the most important person at the uh, in the athletic department. And so I, I, you know, I I think he has used this time wisely 
And uh, but I, I but I'm like you, Matt. Uh, I haven't heard any names, Jay. Yeah, the two names I've heard, Holman Wiggins, uh, you brought up earlier, has, has been a name that's been mentioned. And I tell you, the guy that's kind of intriguing was uh, Tom Herman. I heard that name mentioned um, oh, being a really? uh, maybe a candidate. Yeah, Tom Herman. And then Dan Mullen's name's even come up. You know, would he step out of that? And would he? I, I think he's looking for another Power Five job, though. To be honest, I, I think once you go into that, wouldn't you, you Wiggins stay take a pay cut? <laughs> I, it, would, it would be a pay raise for him as a receiver coach at Alabama to be in a head coach at UAB. I, I think it'd be a couple million dollar raise. Tom, Her- um, Tom Herman would be great, Jay. I would love Tom yep. Herman at UAB. Yeah, I, I, I said the same thing. I thought it'd be kind of got to be kind of exciting just what he's done at other programs that he's had to kind of help you know restore, build back up. And I know he's had some rough points as well. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, hour number one is up. Andrew Bone joining us at one fifteen. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. 
covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC.letterO. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
right, welcome back in. Hour number two here on the Jay Barker Show, live from AVX Audio Video Excellence. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf, and you'll absolutely love it with friends, family, coworkers. We caught the bowling of this generation. You'll love Top Golf of Birmingham. What is after? or before those UAB games or anything event uh, at Protective Stadium. Get down to Top Golf in Birmingham today. You'll love it. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Oxford, Aniston, Tony Russell, and all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. All right, guys, uh, Alabama Ole Miss coming up this weekend. You got some other matchups. And um, let, let's go talk a little bit about the Auburn Tigers. We got Andrew Bone is coming up uh, at 115. We'll talk recruiting with him. Uh, but, uh, Lars, I'll start with you. I mean, Carnell Williams, Cadillac, steps in as the interim head coach. A lot of people talk uh, that uh, I think with Zach Etheridge, I think a lot of people thought that he might be the guy uh, that was going to step in as an interim coach. But Cadillac's done a really good job of getting this team playing uh, at, at a different level, emotionally, uh, physically. I think just uh, the, the whole um, ability for him to kind of share his story and what Auburn has meant to him uh, playing there. I, I, it's been a different feel uh, about this team since he became the head coach in that first week. I mean, I loved his response. And you guys, I'm, I'm sure, saw the, the press conference after the game. He said, look, guys, man, he goes, what a week. You know, what a week. I'm proud of these guys. He talked to you. saw the video of him talking to the team afterwards saying, you know, I'm so proud of how you played, the effort that you gave. Um, the message is just so different. And it's going to be interesting if he can really kind of, you know, no pun intended, turn the tide of, of Auburn and get them playing at a, at a higher level the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And he has really just been a, a shot of adrenaline to the program I got to say, I, I couldn't be more impressed with Cadillac. I, I, I never seen this coming when he was a player because uh, I interviewed him several times for extended stories in Sports Illustrated. And he was really quiet, you know, and, and reserved. And, and, and you didn't think that he was really kind of a head, someone who would be a, a, a head coach. Or, or really a college coach, uh, but man, he is just, uh, he, he's given the, the whole program, uh, I think a reason to be proud again. And it's good that it's sort of one of their own. And now that, that Cadillac gets to, to come back and uh, I believe this is their, their first home game, right? Since he became interim head coach. Yeah. Like, I think I'm correct on that. And I, I think it's gonna be a pretty, uh, pretty great atmosphere uh, on on Saturday night when Auburn takes on Texas A&M, and I know you got two uh, three and six teams going after each other, but um, I, I think uh, it's going to be charged. It's going to be fun, and um, I, I, you know, we we, we know that Cadillac uh, is not going to get the job, but Matt, I think this has been a real boost to his coaching future. Because other, yeah. you know, other schools are watching what's going on. Other ADs are watching what's going on at Auburn. And the fact that Cadillac has really been able to, um, again, inject life into what was a lifeless program. And, man, Brian Harson, he just looked like he did not want to be there. He just looked like he wanted to take his 15 mil and head back to Idaho. And he he got he's got his wish uh, maybe I don't know if he's wishing for that but that's uh that's a, that's the body language he projected, but but Matt I, I think Cadillac has done a, a a terrific job under very difficult circumstances. I think when it was all said and done, Auburn got what they wanted, and so did Harson because that you know that that situation was just getting worse by the day. I'd like to know if John Cohen came in there. 
And, of course, Harson was let go the same morning that he was hired. I wonder if he goes, okay, let me look at your assistant coaching staff, and let's see, I want Carnell Williams. I wonder who made that decision. I really do, because I'd like to shake their hand. It was a great one. You could have gone with one of the coordinators. You could have gone with Etheridge. You could have done a lot of different things. But somebody said, let's put a fuse of enthusiasm onto the sideline, and that's exactly what they did. And I know if and when he becomes a head coach, and it's going to happen, um, he's not going to be running up and down the sidelines like he did Saturday. But I liked that, you know, for a game or maybe even to do it again at home. And by the way, from what I understand, that is one tough ticket now because Auburn fans have come out in droves and they've bought up, what I understand, guys, the remaining seats. And so it'll be sold out. It'll be sold out for Carnell doing large, but also because it's an SEC team I think Auburn truly believes they can beat. I truly believe they can beat Texas A&M, too. And, man, the roof will come off of uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium. Please don't rush the field. But uh, I think <laughs> Auburn has more than a legitimate chance to, to win this football game, and I hope they do it because I'll be pulling for them. I was standing in front of the TV with Karen the other night watching um, Auburn and um, Mississippi State, just hoping it was going to happen. It didn't. I hope it happened Saturday. Yeah, and Lawrence, and uh, I'm having a sneeze attack right now, so I'm going to throw it to you really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, with, with him being and what he's doing and the emotions he's bringing, uh, and that, that means a lot to the players. I, I just wonder how they're going to handle if he wins the next few games. And, you know, it, it, does he have a shot at, at staying? I don't think he does. I don't think they've ever intended that to be. And maybe he knows that, and maybe they probably sat with him and talked about that from the very beginning, but at least he's getting a chance to show what he can do. Well, I, I mean, I go back to, okay, there's a couple things. Go back to Dabo Sweeney when he was named the interim coach at Clemson uh, about, I don't know, it was three or four games into the season. And um, I think it's uh, – forget the name of the athletic director, even though I wrote the book on Dabo, Radkovich, I think. Um, But he he gave Dabo a a fair shot, even though he'd never been a coordinator before. He just saw how – and he would be at practice every single day. And he saw how players reacted to Dabo. And not only that, he also saw that when players had some downtime, where would they go in the facility, where in the building? They'd be hanging out in Dabo's office. And he saw that Dabo recruited something like 80% of the previous year's recruiting class. And Dabo understood the importance of recruiting. And and he ultimately gets the job and... At the time, ESPN called it the worst hire in America. They called it the worst hire in America. And and look, the, I, the same thing right now is happening at Nebraska. And I know I talk about Nebraska too much. But Mickey Joseph uh, basically has had a three-quarters of the year uh, job interview. And no one thought that he had a shot. And from what I'm hearing – Mickey Joseph is going to be named the next head coach at Nebraska here in about a week. Um, And, uh, and, and I know that's not going to please a lot of Nebraska fans. I mean, they want Lane Kiffin. They want to go after a a big name, but um, I, I think it is going to be Mickey Joseph. And so does Cadillac have a realistic chance? You know what? If Auburn runs the table here, Absolutely. I think he does. You have to give yeah. him a, a serious look. Um, and, and also, Matt, one final note. 
The fact that Auburn fans are coming out in droves to watch a game between two, three, and six teams does one thing. It makes the job even more attractive to guys who Auburn potentially could hire because they say, look at our fan base. Look at how loyal. Look at how devoted they are. Lane Kiffin openly complained about uh, the fans at, at Ole Miss not showing up for 11 a.m. games. I mean, Nick Saban's even done that. And I know this is a night game, and, and so, you know, you, you're going to have a lot more sort of tailgating and a more festive atmosphere. But, I mean, just what a what a great statement that the Auburn fans are making, Matt. Well, and you know what? That's Auburn. Uh, the, the fact that they're doing it uh, pleases me. Uh, makes me very happy, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, knowing the folks that I know at Auburn and knowing the Auburn favorite, and by the um, by the way, um, they will have much influence on this game. Trust me. When Auburn decides to pour on the orange and blue, woe be to the visitors. There you go. Yeah, I mean, hey, you want, I think Jay's have Jay. You back? I'm back. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You said that Auburn's the hardest place that you ever had to play. Loud, yeah, it's crazy. The loudest place I've ever played at, by far. And um, you, you get down to that student section area, uh, that one side of the field in the end zone, it's just it, you can barely hear yourself thinking, much less communicating. So uh, it, it could be a great atmosphere. And you know, and you got to credit got Carnell for that. I mean, Carnell has gone out there. He's gotten on social media. Uh, I brought this up yesterday, Lars. I mean, he was out pitching their collective. You know, there are a lot of head coaches that have done that, and and you know, Nick Saban's not going to do that. Uh, Alabama's been very conservative uh, in how they've kind of approached that uh, side of what they need to do in order to stay competitive uh, with these athletes uh, NIL. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it's it's very interesting time. It's been a crazy year, man. But uh, congratulations to Cadillac and getting the fan base pumped back up. Hey, they got something to cheer for this weekend after five straight losses. So. We'll see whether or not they can pull off uh, the upset. But uh, hey, can I ask you one quick question before okay. we go to break? Do you think Robbie Ashford is the long-term answer at quarterback for Auburn? He could be, and, and we talked about this the other day. And you know, I've watched him since he was in little league. I, I think he's an outstanding player. I think he just needs more time and experience. He's been uh, not played in what two years before he got to to Auburn after the transfer from Oregon and playing baseball out there. And you know, I, I think for him, it's just about getting comfortable and. The guys around him building that chemistry and that that's what happens in the offseason that's what happens uh, in the summer leading into fall camp so uh, hopefully for him he can continue to, but he's got the athleticism the guy can make great throws they just need to put more around him i mean we've said that about all the quarterbacks in the last few years that auburn has not had the talent at receiver they've had it they've had it with takes bigsby at, at running back but still just not surrounding their quarterback with the guys and even offensive line i mean they've got to get better there as well yeah big time all right let's take a break andrew bowen coming up next we'll talk recruiting with him our recruiting analyst he's the best at what he does for bam insider on three stay with us this is the jay barker show live from the avx studios in downtown birmingham never miss a moment of the action Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Hey there, folks. Head Fry Cook, Bob Baumhauer here, and I just want to say thank you for allowing Baumhauer's Victory Grill to serve you for 40 legendary years. When I first delivered out... 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight, turning colder late tonight. The high today 69, the low tonight 48. A very cool day tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The chance of some scattered light rain during the morning, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Again, we got Andrew Bone joining us from Bama Insider on three, talking recruiting for the Crimson Tide. He is our recruiting analyst and expert on all things Crimson Tide. And uh, we've been talking the last few weeks about the commitments, getting ready for this 2023 class and early signing period coming up as well. Uh, not very uh, far away. Hard to believe how fast we were talking about earlier this season has gone. But uh, Andrew's joining us now. Andrew, thanks for being with us, my man. How are you today? Doing good, guys. How y'all doing? Man, doing well. So with all this stuff going on, uh, Alabama's two losses by four points uh, total. Uh, it's been you know kind of meltdown with fans and social media, and you've seen even some of the national writers you know writing off and saying you know the de- the dynasty's done. Uh, I think the dynasty may have been done years back um, when that great run they had of back to back championships and all that. Um, but at the same time, has played at such a, a high level, Andrew. But c- kind of what are you hearing, and, and and does this trickle out to recruits, even guys that? Have, committed to Alabama and uh, have said they're going to come. I mean, do you think it makes a difference in their minds or are they bought into the process and what Coach Saban's got to do? Well, I think, um, you know, anytime Alabama loses, there's a few people who enjoy, you know, talking about it more than anybody. And that's, uh, you know, that's opposing teams, opposing coaches when they uh, start reaching out to recruits and uh, the national media. <laughs> it's just something that, uh, you know, it doesn't happen too often, but when it does, everybody wants to, um, you know, act like the, the end is near and, uh, you know, Alabama's just not going to be the same team that they, that they used to be. Uh, you know, they recruited a high level, you know, they still have coach Saban and, you know, they have all the resources there to, uh, to continue to have success for their, for the next several years, even when, uh, you know, when coach Saban does decide to, uh, to hang it up, but you know, I think with um, you know recruits right now, you know Coach Saban, you know, really has focused in on uh, you know a lot of top guys, you know, really trying to uh, talk to these guys every single day, you know, make sure they understand that you know the standard of the program is still there, and um, you know, it also gives him a little bit more time to recruit. Um, you know, now that you're not playing in a uh, potential SEC championship game or a national championship game. So anytime you give Coach Saban a little extra time to uh, to go out there on the road and or uh, you know talk to recruits over the phone, um, it's usually a uh, you know a pretty good recipe for the Crimson Tide because they usually uh, you know add a uh, number one recruiting class and they're currently rated as the top recruiting class in the country right now. You know, still some big names that are out there that they'd like to sign, some big names that they hope to keep. Uh, they're still being recruited by other schools. You know, we saw a few. You know, Alabama commitments last weekend take visits to Georgia. Um, you know, top two players in the state of Georgia, Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes. But you know, as of right now, both those guys remain you know solid with their commitments to Alabama. Now, you know what's going to be interesting over the course of the next, you know, really the next you know four or five weeks is you know any potential coaching changes. And I'm not talking about just coaching changes in Tuscaloosa, but coaching changes you know elsewhere, and you know how that's going to affect. Um, you know, a lot of these kids' decisions, whether that's a head coach or it's a position coach, a coordinator, um, you know, we're going to see a lot of different changes that are going to happen um, you know, throughout the country. You know, will that open up the door 
you know, for Alabama to potentially land, uh, you know, somebody or, you know, if does, will it have a, a negative effect on, uh, on the ties class? You know, some things that we just don't know right now, but we're going to know in the next, you know, four or five weeks, you know, as we get a little bit closer uh, to that early signing period. But if I was to make a prediction today, as far as the current class, the guys that are currently committed to Alabama, I think all of them are going to stick uh, with their decision, but you know, we're still, you know, five, six weeks away, I guess less than six weeks away from the, uh, from the early signing period. And there's a lot that can change. Uh, you know, during that time. So we'll have to wait and see how it all kind of unfolds. But as of right now, Alabama's in pretty good shape to have the top recruiting class in the country yet again. They're in good shape with a lot of guys that uh, that are still uncommitted, that they're heavily recruiting. And, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how it, uh, how it plays out. And I think it's going to play out pretty well. Andrew, while recognizing that Alabama has lost these two games by a total of four points, and they easily could be undefeated right now. Um, we've spent much of the la- much of the show just sort of talking about the the big picture at Alabama and and what has gone wrong with this team. And we I think we first saw this at, in the Texas game that there's just certain pieces that are missing. And I'm wondering uh, from your perspective, has Alabama missed on some recruits? Like did they did was was there uh, just uh, the, they thought guys were gonna be something that they ultimately didn't become, and I hate to single out anyone anyone, but we mentioned them earlier. I did uh, the Brockmeyer twins. I mean, we thought that they were gonna be the anchors of the offensive line for years to come, and it, it's, they're just having trouble getting onto the field. Uh, it is is there any? Uh, any any light you can shed on that? Like again, has Alabama missed? Has it been a developmental issue at, at wide receiver? It seems like you know every year they have three five stars coming in, but now no no one in their receiving core can get open, can get separation from the DBs. Uh, can you just again sort of look at the big picture and, and give us a comment on that? Yeah, and you know it's tough to say uh, you know exactly what's gone wrong. Uh, you know we've seen some, uh, you know we, we've definitely seen some guys have come in that had a lot of high expectations and you know didn't plan you know pan out the way uh, you know the way a lot of us thought that they would. Um, yeah, you know, I think probably the same way with Alabama. You know they probably felt the same way. And you, know, you go back to that 2021 recruiting class. Um, you know there was a you know. I think it was the number one recruiting class in the country. A lot of you know, big name guys, you know, a lot of five stars, you know, a lot of guys who are no longer at Alabama. And there's some guys who are still there that just haven't uh, panned out for one reason or another. And you, know, you think back to that class and you remember that, you know, that was the COVID year. Uh, Alabama was taking, uh, you know, a lot of kids that they had never seen in person before and that's you know kind of how it was throughout the entire country it wasn't just alabama but you know with alabama having such a microscope uh, on its program you know a loss here a loss there uh no matter how many points it is i mean it's certainly going to uh you know create a lot of speculation and a lot of uh you know a lot of intrigue as to you know what went wrong with alabama you know any other program in the country loses two games uh you know nobody's going to really care too much about it, but because it's Alabama and because 
of the standard and because of the success that the program's had over the last, you know, 15 years, you know, there's certainly going to be a lot of heavy discussion about what went wrong. And I I think there certainly has been some misses. I think there's been some guys that, you know, certainly haven't developed, um, you know, as much as you wanted them to. And I don't know if coaching is a big part of it, but, you know, I would say Jay probably has, or uh, Antonio probably has a little bit more uh, say on that than uh, than even I do. But um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens after that last uh, game of the season against Auburn. Do we, you know, see some coaching changes? Do we see, you know, a mass exodus of transfers? Uh, you know, from guys that were heavily recruited, were you know highly ranked but aren't seeing the field. And, you know, what's the reason behind that? I, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily development or if it's just, you know, they missed on some guys. Uh, and, you know, because they didn't get a chance to, you know, properly evaluate, um, you know, they took some questionable character kids. Uh, I think a few years ago, some of those guys have kind of trickled out of the program uh, now. But, um, you know, what, you know, what's the move moving forward? You know, what are you going to do? Who are you going to bring in? Who are the type of players that you're going to, you know, recruit and evaluate and, um, you know, really focus in on? Now, this year's recruiting class, you know, an outs- another outstanding group. I mean, we talk about it every year, you know, number one recruiting class in the country, but are you recruiting the right guys? And, you know, I feel like, you know, they have so far. I feel like they've got a, you know, a really good core of, uh, of guys in this year's recruiting class. You know, obviously two quarterbacks, two running backs, you know, some, you know, great wide receivers, uh, you know, really you know, big offensive line unit that I think they are extremely excited about uh, the guys that have come in there. And I think there have been, you know, probably some misses on the offensive front the last couple of years, but some misses on the defensive front. And that's where you, you know, really build your program from the, uh, from the inside out. And you know, that's what we've seen over the last decade is, you know, just a ton of great offensive and defensive linemen in Tuscaloosa and not just, uh, not just your starters, you're, you're too deep, you're three deep. You can continue to rotate guys in and you can continue to have success. Even when a guy ends up leaving the program or can graduates early, um, you know, goes off to the NFL, there's more guys that just keep reloading. And we haven't really seen that. Uh, you know, there's a couple guys that are good, but it's just not extremely deep. And I think that's what Alabama needs to get back to. They got to get, they got to build an offensive line. They've got to build a defensive line, but they've got to you know, continue to bring in guys. They only signed three offensive linemen last year, only signed three defensive linemen uh, last year. You got to recruit elite players at that position, but you got to, you also got to get numbers into the program. And uh, I think they've done a great job this year. So far on the offensive line, still some work to do on defense, only three defensive line commitments, but I think that they can uh, you know, certainly add some more. But, you know, the biggest thing I think we're going to be watching over the course of the next you know, five weeks is, you know, potential coaching changes, you know, whether that's in Tuscaloosa or, or elsewhere. Our guest is Andrew Bone from On3 and Bama Insider, and really good food for thought there. Uh, is the Bama, Bama transfer portal going to uh, have a mass exodus uh, going out, not coming in? Uh, that's really, really great point, Andrew. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a U-turn here and go back to something I just read that you posted this morning uh, on On3.com. Who is Bray Hubbard, and should Alabama fans know him, and embrace him. Well, there's no doubt about it. Bray Hubbard uh, out of Ocean Springs High School in Mississippi. He's 
six foot two, 190 pounds. Received an offer from Alabama this summer uh, at the June camp. Had never worked out at safety before. Comes to Alabama's camp, works out at safety, gets a committable offer from Nick Saban. Now, this is before Tony Mitchell had committed. This is before Caleb Downs had committed. Uh, so it was kind of funny because when he made his decision, everyone just assumed it was because those other guys were going somewhere else. They didn't realize this kid just absolutely balled out in camp, ran a 4 5 0. Uh, in the 40, had great measurements, and uh, you know was really kind of an unknown. He was a Southern Miss baseball commitment, but he had won Mr. Football in the state of Mississippi last year playing quarterback. He ends up uh, winning it again this year, so back-to-back uh, Mr. Football in Class 6A in the state of Mississippi. Uh, you know, pretty pretty remarkable. I think he's accounted for over 2,900 yards, uh, has 34 touchdowns, 32 touchdowns. Uh, going into the playoffs, which start tonight, but you know, this is a kid that um, you know, extremely talented athlete. You know, he is going to play safety at Alabama. You know, there's some talk that he could potentially end up uh, playing wide receiver, but he's not going to end up playing quarterback in Tuscaloosa. Straight up, uh, you know, athlete. You know, he even mentioned it yesterday. He said, "You know, listen, you know, for high school teams, most of the time, your best athlete on your team is playing quarterback. That's what I do." Uh, so if they need me to play something else, that's where I play. So you know, this is a uh, this is a really good kid. Um, you know, it comes from a really good family. Lost his mother uh, back in 2018 to breast cancer. Plays for her, <clears throat> and um, you know, just a you know, remarkable story. But you know, definitely an interesting recruiting journey that's led him to Alabama's class. And um, you know, really enjoyed talking to him throughout this entire process. Yeah, it kind of reminds me Y'all of a sleigh bolting. Say it again, Matt. That, that, I just, y'all go read the story. It's awesome. Hey, one last question uh, for you um, as we uh, go to break. But uh, Georgia and, and Kirby Smart, no transfers last year, and, and they built everything through recruiting. Um, is, is there a lesson to be learned there? I mean, is it just tough to get guys, especially for Mano Jameson came in and played really well. Uh, other guys have come in, but um, I mean, do you, do you rely on the transfer portal as much anymore? Looking at what they've done, well, I think you still do. I mean, it kind of depends on you know position that you need. But uh, Kirby can say that, but trust me, you know, George is going to be looking at the transfer portal. They're not going to, just, uh, you know, I think last year probably an, an anomaly for them. They'll be looking at the portal here in the future, just like every other program is right now. Andrew, always great stuff, my man. Thank you for being with us today on this Friday edition. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Andrew Bohm joining us from On3 and Bama Insider. So uh, always great to have him on each week. Stay with us. We'll continue hour number two live from ABX on this Friday edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. 
Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O.
again and again Alabama Ole Miss tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS kickoff there and uh, Alabama trying to prove that they can get over their road woes they've had uh, this entire year um, and uh, really a lot of close game. Hopefully they can come out and uh, have a better chemistry and just having a better overall game. Matt, you got some Stallions information for us? Yeah, I just got this uh, this press release from Heather, who does an outstanding job for Champ Branding. But um, this Monday, from 4 to 7, Coach Holtz, Bo, Bo Scarborough, Stanley, the Birmingham Stallions mascot, and the cheerleaders will all be at Avondale Brewing Company from 4 until 7. So the public is invited to drop by, have their picture taken with the trophy, the championship, USFL championship trophy will be there. So uh, I just thought I'd like to pass that along because I know that um, there was a lot of support for the Stallions and, and the USFL in general in Birmingham this past season, and um, hopefully we're going to have another one, bring home another title. So there you have it, 4-7, to seven, Avondale Brewing Company on Monday. Good stuff, yeah, man. And I tell you, to win the championship the first year and then that coming back in the spring, um, I mean, that was fun to watch. The USFL to have football on. I know people a lot of times don't like the spring leagues, but I think it went really well. And, and I, I really think, I mean, we've always talked about spring leagues do well here. People love to go out, watch games. Uh, but more importantly, I, I enjoyed watching them on TV, all the different teams that were here. And, and my understanding, they'll be back here, right, Matt? Is that right? The, the, everybody's coming back to yeah. Birmingham for one more year, I think it is. Yeah, they're going to play. I think they're going to play in the bubble again. So um, that's that's the situation. We'll have to get uh, Skip Holtz on. He was uh, real good on spending some time with us last year. Last season, well, actually. It, it was in 2022. <laughs> Yeah, Lars, I know you haven't you know been out there in a while, but as far as the uh, what, kind of what are you hearing from your Nebraska friends um, and you know kind of their take on just you you talked about the head coach and everything that's going on there. I mean, it's pretty amazing that he he stepped in and has done the job that he's done, and that they're 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 looking now that he would be the guy. I mean, I, I would have thought Nebraska would have gone on a extensive coaching search and said, "Look, we're Nebraska. We we deserve to have one of the best coaches uh, in the country." Are you? Are you a little disappointed in it? or I mean, because a lot of times when a new coach comes in, you can add that breath of fresh air. You can get that kind of pump of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm you know, the new guy, and everybody kind of gets this great feeling in the locker room. Everybody gets a great feeling uh, inside the building, the fans as well. And you can get caught up in that hype so much that you kind of lose your vision on kind of where you wanted this thing to go and, and, and head. And, you know, is it just going to be a Band-Aid for right now? Or, I mean, or is it one where, hey, let's – Let's try and see if he can do better next year and make it better than it was. Then we'll go after somebody else. Um, I mean, I, I think he, the timing is always so crucial. And, and maybe uh, they think right now that the timing is not good for them based on the amount of teams they're looking for coaches. Yeah, and, um, you know, Trev Alberts is done, the athletic director, former All-American at Nebraska. He's done a really good job of keeping everything close to the vest. Like there have been very few leaks. Um, so uh, I congratulate him for that. But here's the thing. They Mickey Joseph and Trev were teammates. They're friends. And after Mickey won his first game, Trev was in the locker room and they were in the like the jump. He was Trev was in the middle of it all, giving Mickey the game ball. And Trev is jumping up and down with the entire team as if Trev is a member of the team. And his affection was just so clear uh, on clear display there. And Mickey, you know, he was the wide receivers coach at LSU where he was known as a phenomenal recruiter. He got Jamar Chase to LSU. 
He got uh, Justin Jefferson to LSU. Those are arguably now the two best receivers in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, and and so it, Mickey, he has roots in the South. You have to recruit, and, and if you're in Nebraska, you have to be, uh, you got to recruit everywhere in the country because there simply aren't the players in the state of Nebraska. I do know that, uh, you know, they've all, they're looking at Matt Rule. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure that Matt is going to be coaching next year. He may want to take a year off. Um, there have been some other names mentioned, including Lane Kiffin, but I think that they've just been impressed with, um, with what Mickey has done. And again, it's not a sexy hire. I certainly didn't see this coming. I thought it was going to be Matt Campbell from Iowa state, but Iowa state struggled this year. And so it's, it's, it's like, you know, do you go after a guy who was coming off a bad year, even though he's got a good reputation, uh, it's, it'd be the equivalent of like when Auburn hired Gene Chizik and the, the member, the guy at the airport there, five and 19, five and 19, uh, was Chizik. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, uh, it, it, you're right. There's a lot of high profile coaching vacancies right now. And so uh, that, that's the position, the direction I think they're going in. But um, getting back to Alabama really quick, Matt, we have spent uh, a good portion of this show talking about what's wrong with Alabama. Let's try to end this on a positive note. <laughs> what is right with Alabama? Well, I, I think you start at the very top, and that's Nick Saban. He's still there. Using Kiffin's words, he's still the GOAT. I think I used that before Kiffin did, by the way. He's the best coach in the history of college football, maybe in the history of college athletics, although I always give Wooden a uh, – I think Wooden may have been. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, I digress, that. Lars, from your question. Uh, but uh, it starts with him. Uh, and it also starts with the fan base. I know he, he disses on them every once in a while, but Alabama still has one of, if not the greatest, fan base. It, in all of college football, uh, Alabama has the most championships. Uh, Alabama will continue to be good. And then I'll just uh, skip down to a, a couple of uh, notable first two, three, four picks. Uh, they still got Bryce Young. They still got Will Anderson. And that is huge. And then I'll steal Jay's line. They still have a chance. Right, Jay Barker? They do. Still got a chance, no doubt. Uh, so you say we have a chance, as they say. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 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 just, I got a feeling things have worked out before. And again, it is a very slim to none chance uh, for Alabama right now. But all they can do is take care of business. You got to win out. And in order to be in that position, I think this weekend uh, we'll find out a lot. I mean, if LSU loses to uh, uh, to Ar- is Arkansas, I think they've got this weekend, then Texas A&M or vice versa. But um, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's take a break. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of one quick question. Let's say that Ella, or excuse me, Alabama makes it somehow to the SEC championship game. They beat Georgia. Does Alabama not make it in? Does the SEC champ not make it in? Does Georgia and Tennessee get in before Alabama? I think it's according to how Alabama plays these next three games. And I think it's how, if they were able to get to that game, how they played against Georgia. If Georgia's number one and Alabama comes out and plays a great game and wins by a good margin, um, they don't have to win by two touchdowns, but still wins and wins in, in a very effective way and looks good. I mean, again, it's the eyes, right? The eye test. And to have two losses, and, and one is to the team that was number one in the country by one point and another by three points. I mean, that's our three points to them and then one point to LSU. 
uh, who was a top 10 team at the time. Um, I think that the, the committee would look at that and, and, and maybe would be the first time. But, you know, again, this is wishful thinking that the committee would put in a two loss team, but they would be the SEC champions. Uh, they had fought their way back. I, again, it's going to be just how they look. I mean, if they look better and look more like the Alabama team everybody thought they were going to be this year, then I think they've got a shot. And now it's just in their hands. they got to go out and take care of business. And, uh, you know, they, they can't, uh, they, you know, their their future is based on not just what they do, but it's how the, uh, the other teams react. How does LSU play over the next few weeks? All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up hour number two on this Friday edition. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Each week, week. D.C. and Matt Coulter will go deep behind enemy lines on Saturdays during the Tide Tailgate Show on 95.3 The Bear. The low tonight, 48. A very cool day tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The chance of some scattered light rain during the morning, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in. We'll wrap up hour number two here on this Friday edition in Alabama Ole Miss tomorrow on CBS 2.30 start for the uh, the Crimson Tide and the Ole Miss Rebels. And again, what a uh, day would be for uh, Lane Kiffin if he was able to pull off the upset and finally beat uh, his uh, head coach, uh, Nick Saban. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to see some more trolling as the game goes on. Again, we brought this up earlier. I put it. I put it on me. That was Coach Saban's comments uh, this morning in an article on ESPN.com, and um, you know, really owning it, saying, "Looking, you know, which you do as a head coach." Uh, but hopefully, by him putting it on himself, maybe he'll uh, also inspire his team to say, "Hey, it's on us as well." I mean, it, to me, it's the players. You start with the players. Uh, coaching is important. Schemes important. Uh, but to execute it, to go out there and, and find a way to win, no matter what. Uh, to me, I put that on the players, Lars. I mean, they, they've got to step up themselves and I think own some of this a lot or a lot of it um, themselves and uh, and go out there and just execute what's called. And if not, then find a way to win. You find a way to win at Alabama. Yeah, and I also think um, because of the circumstances around this game and all the different storylines, to me, it's, it's, it's the game of the weekend in college football. It's not a terrific slate of games, but... Um, I'm also intrigued with LSU uh, going against Arkansas at Arkansas. Um, that's an, and it's an early start, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts if you think uh, your piggies ha- have a chance there. And I'm also intrigued with uh, number four TCU traveling to Texas, ranked 18th. And that's a primetime game on ABC at 6.30 p.m. Uh, I think we'll find out, is TCU for real? There's a lot of skeptics uh, about uh, whether or not TCU is a legit uh, national title contender. But if they can go to Texas and beat the Longhorns, I, I think it will go a long way to convincing uh, people across the nation that, you know, TCU belongs where they are, Matt. 
I think Texas is probably going to win that football game if they uh, play like they did against Alabama and the crowd is behind them. They're liable to uh, beat, uh, and in in my opinion, I think I'm the one that said I'm still a little bit suspect on TCU. Now, uh, let's talk Battle of the Boop. That's LSU and Arkansas. This is not a good situation for LSU at all. First of all, they're coming off their biggest win under Brian Kelly, their biggest win in quite some time by defeating Alabama uh, this past weekend. Uh, so, you know, you've got that letdown and I don't care how, I don't care if you're Brian Kelly or, or Vince Lombardi, there's going to be an emotional letdown. It's just human nature. So you got that pulling against the Bengal Tigers. And then you got Arkansas who allowed Liberty to run up 21 to nothing lead and then fought back, but couldn't finish the deal. They lost to the flames, Hugh freeze at home at home. So they got to be the opposite of LSU. They got to be one fired up. We're mad at the world group of hogs. So, that being said, LSU is favored by three and a half. I think Arkansas wins this game outright, and I'm trying all I can do to set aside my allegiance to the Razorbacks of Arkansas, but I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think they're, they're ripe for an upset. I really mm-hmm. do. And... Um, I mean, Jay, you think you you mentioned that too? That in the text thread that we have going on, that you you, you think uh, that LSU just may be sort of emotionally exhausted headed into that game. As a former player, Jay, is is a hangover effect real? I mean, we it certainly seems like it is to to those of us who have you know been analyzing and. Uh, and covering college football for a long time. It definitely is. And I, and I think the thing, Lars, about it is that just the way their season started and then to get that win like that here late in the season, it's, it's kind of like they won their Super Bowl, right? I mean, the fans, everybody. The same way with Tennessee. I think that's why Tennessee didn't play probably as well against Georgia. You kind of just lose that edge a little bit or, or what you're kind of building up. And that's where you have to stay on, on the process and on, on that, you know, a win's a win, but let it go. You know, don't get caught up in all the emotions of a loss or a win. Instead, look to the next opponent, and and that's going to tell a lot about kind of where this team is. But we see how they played the last couple of years. Has Brian Kelly made that big of a, of, a, of, a, of an impact? And maybe he has. And they'll, they'll show it this weekend whether he has. I think it's going to be a, a big weekend for them as well. Can they carry out and and continue to win? Because now the pressure is on them. They have to win the you know these next two games, uh, really at least one out of the next two games, in order to uh, to be there, to be in that position uh, to uh, to play it. So. It's going to be fun to watch. It really will. Hey, have a great Friday to everybody. Thanks to uh, Joe and Hardy and all the guys there at Tie 100.9. Thanks to Josh Smith, our producer of all things. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Thank you for your service. From Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Jay Barker, we've enjoyed being with you each and every day. Have a great one. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often 